0: Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies. Joining me this week is none other than me, myself, and I. That's right, I'm flying solo this week, and we'll be talking about one of my favorite rom-coms that I just saw for the first time this past year, Four Weddings and a Funeral. But before we do that, though, I want to talk a little bit about some interesting stuff I watched this week, even though I've been quite busy which is why this episode is dropping late apologize profusely for that by the way we'll be on a normal schedule starting next week promise um but i digress full transparency transparency i cannot say that word transparency there we go i'm not someone who watches a lot of tv i i've always been more of a movie person I just find that TV shows require a lot of investment, and because of that, I'm very picky with what TV shows I'm willing to give a chance and and watch. So, oftentimes, I'm late to really great TV shows like Game of Thrones or Haunting of Hill House. Uh, However, one show I knew right off the bat I would love, and that is Amazon's The Boys, which is based off of uh, a series of comics. For those who haven't seen it or aren't aware of the premise It's essentially a show that flips superheroes and that genre on its head by making superheroes these deeply flawed and more often than not awful people with with, with a very complex story about taking down a corrupt organization that covers up all the dirty deeds these superheroes get into Um, Season 2 has just started and they did the unique thing of releasing the first three episodes, uh, the first week, um, and then after that the episodes drop week by uh, week to week, which I'm kind of a big fan of. Sometimes the reason I don't watch a lot of TV shows is because they'll drop like a complete season, and by the time I get to it, it just it feels like it's ten hours worth of content. Again, a lot of investment. If I could just watch. One episode, once a week, I feel less, I don't know, rushed to have to watch them all, you know? So, I really like this, uh, I really like this format. Uh, And I gotta say, I like what I've seen so far in the first four episodes. I love the themes that they're continuing to double down on from the first season. Um, What they are doing in the characters is really interesting, in particular with the character Stormfront. I like the angle they're playing with that character. Now I do have a few questions about where the plot is going. But other than that, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. And for those of you have not who have already started season 2, I'll just say this. You are so beautiful. <laughs> it's that is the weirdest scene I've ever seen. My mouth has never been that big open <laughs> like my mouth was just jaw was on the floor I was like what the hell am I watching this is ridiculous it's absurd <laughs> uh, but if you've seen it you'll understand that reference if you won't then you just got serenaded by my voice and I apologize your eardrums your will be back to normal eventually I promise now on to regular our regular scheduled programming with our, our movie this week Four Weddings and a Funeral, a film directed by uh, Mike Newell and starring Hugh Grant, Andy McDowell, James Fleet, Simon Kello, uh, John Hanna, Kristen Scott Thomas, David Bower, and Rowan Atkinson. If you aren't familiar with this film, the plot synopsis reads like such according to Google. Lovable Englishman Charles, played by Hugh Grant, and his group of friends seem to be unlucky in love. When Charles meets a beautiful American named Carrie... At a wedding, he thinks his lucky may or his luck may be changed, but after one magical night, Carrie returns to the states, ending what might have been. As Charles and Carrie's paths continue to cross over a handful of nuptials and one funeral, he comes to believe that they are meant to be together, even if their timing always seems to be off. Now, the rom-com genre gets a lot of flack, and. Sometimes deservedly so, but as I said a few times on this podcast, I, I'm a sucker for romance. I really am. I'm 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 a I'm a big softy. <laughs> and, and films like Definitely Maybe, The Ugly Truth, Love Actually, He's Just Not That Into You, Notting Hill, Something's Gotta Give, What Women Want, Ten Things I Hate About You, and even Forty Year Old Virgin are some of the most rewatchable films. Are some of my most rewatchable films ever, and I always seem to to, to go back to them, especially when I want to feel good and, I, and I'm in a mental funk, you know? Who doesn't need a little pick-me-up, you know, every so often with something sweet and sappy, you know? Well, you know, with this particular film, though, it's one of the most revered rom-coms of the 1990s and launched the career of who Grant, who would go on to dominate the rom-com scene, kind of in that era, playing this charmingly befuddled character often. Um, Four Weddings and a Funeral would also go on to be nominated for two Academy Awards, including uh, Best Original Screenplay and Best Picture, which is a pretty big deal. Um, I first saw this film back in February of this year. Uh, I was on a plane, and I needed to movie to watch so I decided to bite the bullet on a on a film that I heard so much about but I just I didn't really ever get around to 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 seeing it or wanting to watch it I just never felt in the mood for it Um, but plane rides are often good times for first viewings I think anyway Uh, I was shocked by just how delightful and hilarious the film was while also being incredibly witty and, and charming and sweet and you know All that stuff but now there are there are definitely some issues I have with the film the characters can do things that annoy me to the point where I'm asking myself should I like these characters or not there's a subplot that's kind of just thrown in there that's unresolved and completely forgotten about and never addressed again Um, it's full of cliches and the characters fall a bit into that character into caricatures that we've seen in a million rom-coms in the years that have followed but this one does feel a bit more sincere in its approach and in its delivery uh the rotten tomato score for this movie is 96 percent, which is incredibly high for a uh, a romantic comedy um the consensus reads while frothy to a fault four weddings and a funeral features uh irresistibly breezy humor and winsome performance from Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell. Um, now, to me personally, this score is, again, it's a bit high, but I can see why so many people would love it so much. Again, it's it's very charming, and it's very rewatchable. Um, you know, for me personally, if I were giving it my personal Rotten Tomato score, it would probably be about 80. It's very rewatchable. There's a lot of funny... Uh, a lot of funny bits in it uh, and it's it's delightful and it's heartwarming but it's it you know it, it doesn't blow up or anything like that in terms of character development. you know there's there's not really a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of witty dialogue, a lot of funny antics and stuff like that but and I wish there was a little bit more character work and character growth. Within the characters, and it and it went a little deeper with who the characters were as people. But um, other than that, the movie is it's very good, and I can see why you know the movie holds the score that it does. Um, I mean, it, for for goodness' sake, this was nominated for Best Picture, and what some contend might be the best um, movie year ever in in 1994. You know, it, it faced a lot of competition and we'll get to that a little later but before we do that we're gonna get into some fun facts um for his audition Hugh Grant played a tape of when he was the best man at his brother's wedding now I was also the best man at my brother's wedding and let me tell you I tore the house down with an epic speech that still gets talked about to this day (laughs) uh that's pretty cool though um I I I like that I like that fact um Another cool one here. Marissa Tomei turned down the role of Carrie, explaining, "My grandfather was sick at the time and didn't want to, and I didn't want to leave New York. I'm sure, it, uh, you know, it would have been fine with him, but I felt like it didn't. Uh, I didn't want to go anywhere." In a 2007 interview, uh, Tomei also said that she will always regret having turned it down. And honestly, I could. I could see her in this role. You know, she's a great actress. She's an Academy Award winner, too. I think she won for My Cousin Vinny. But, uh... She's a great actress. And I, I especially love her in The Wrestler. If you, if any of you guys have not seen The Wrestler, check it out. She's absolutely amazing in it. Um, I believe she was nominated for an Oscar that year for that, that role. Don't quote me on that, but I believe so. Um... Yeah, I could definitely see her playing Carrie. Another fun fact is in Love Actually, which is also written by Richard Curtis, the song Love is All Around was also featured quite prominently in the plot with Billy Mack Bill Nighy, covering the song but with Christmas theme to make Billy Mac's big comeback. And that's a big part of that movie. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like necessarily like Love Actually anymore, but... It's one of my favorite holiday movies. I laugh at it and that song gets stuck in my head, especially the opening. <laughs> I laugh I laugh my ass off at that part. Um, let's see here. the only best picture nominee the, that year to not be nominated for an acting category. Um, now I believe Hugh Grant was nominated for a BAFTA, which is the uh, British equivalent to the Oscar. Um, and the Oscars and the BAFTA kind of have the same. Sometimes they have the same nominations. Um, I guess this year they they didn't. Uh, but um, that's pretty interesting, um, considering that you know this movie's carried by Hugh Grant did, you know, kind of launch his career. Uh, in terms of winning that award that year, I mean that's a tough, tough year to win because you're going up against John Travolta from Pulp Fiction, and you're going up against. Um, Tom Hanks, who went back-to-back wins with Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, and I don't know if you'd you'd beat him for that, but pretty interesting, And, and pretty interesting fact that this movie only had two Oscar nominations. Um, this film was nominated again for two Academy Awards, including Best Picture, uh, again again this is this is really impressive not only for the fact that this is a, a romantic comedy and typically romantic comedies comedies in general are neglected at the academy awards um I don't know why that is but they often are and um it what makes this more impressive again is this was in the year 1994 which again is is a year that a lot of people consider to be the greatest year in film history. I don't necessarily think that. I think 1999 might have that topped, but, you know, you're talking about the other nominees, including the Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, and Quiz Show, that's, and forwardings and a Funeral, you know, that's, if if you're if you're nominated for Best Picture that year, you're you're a damn fine film. I mean, it definitely didn't it wasn't gonna win, uh, but you're a damn fine film if you could be nominated for a Best Best Picture Oscar in the year 1994. Um, my personal pick on this, and this may be popular or not, I probably would have had Shawshank Redemption win for Best Picture. If I could go back and do that, I totally would. But um, for not to take anything away from Scott, love that movie, but. Yeah, I'd probably go Shawshank. Shawshank is that that is a, a absolutely wonderful film. And very, very moving movie too. It oh my god, that movie's absolutely amazing. But it's an honor even to be nominated and for four weddings and a funeral to be a romantic comedy and to be nominated in that year of nineteen ninety four, that's that's big honor. But before we get to our award section, I'm going to take a quick break to let you hear an ad from our sponsor. And welcome back. Thank you so much to our sponsor over here at Ben Davis Movie Podcast. We appreciate it so much. But anyway, we are moving on to our award section. And we're going to start off with favorite scenes and moments. And I'm going to start off by listing running late to the first wedding. Um, I feel like we all can relate to to running late to things, especially me. I am, as my wife likes to say, very pokey, and I am very pokey. I didn't used to be that way, but something has happened to me in my old age, old as if I'm really old, and I just, I'm pokey, and (laughs) I just relate to that, running late to things, and his reaction, it's pretty funny, Hugh Grant, and The F word is used 13 times in this scene, which, again, running late to things, I've ran late to work accidentally before, and the F word was maybe used once or twice, so uh, I can relate to that. Next thing I have here is forgetting the rings. Again, something I can relate to as someone who is incredibly forgetful. This scene really hit home, and it also hit home on many levels, because his friends bail him out, which is something that happens to me quite often. <laughs> uh, my forgetfulness, I get bailed out of a lot, because I have wonderful friends and family who love to remind me, so it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> next scene I have, or not scene, but rather dialogue that's said in the scene is how's that gorgeous girlfriend of yours she's no longer my girlfriend ah still I wouldn't get too glummy about it rumor has it she never stopped bunking old Toby in case that in case it didn't work out dot 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 she's no <laughs> she's now my wife excellent excellent congratulations any kids or anything John ever the pan, panter of tiny tiny feet it's just that whole exchange is so funny because it's awkward and it's well-acted, well-communicated, and it's the character of Charles putting his foot in his mouth, which is something that he does quite often in this, and it's real funny in, in this scene in particular. It's, it's it's real funny, real funny. Obviously, it's funnier in the movie than I just described it, but it's... It, Plays very, very well. Uh, Father Gerald's failing first marriage ceremony. Holy goat. Messing up the names. <laughs> May not be John'd. Sidra, Sidra Delaney. <laughs> to my awful wedded wife. Holy spigot. <laughs> like, this had me belly laughing the entire time I saw it when I was on the plane, I was having to hold my nostril, so for those of you who who are not aware, I snort when I laugh, especially if it really cracks me up, and I have to hold my nose if I start to laugh really hard, because if I don't, I'm going to be snorting, and (laughs) I didn't want to be an obnoxious um, person on on my flight when I watched it the first time, but when I was watching it at home the other night, believe me, I was snorting. It was Super hilarious, and it's, in fact, spoiler alert, it might be my favorite scene in the movie. Um, Next scene I have is David and uh, Serena's first meeting. I really like this scene a lot, because it's very charming, it's innocent, it's sweet, um, and it's her use of the sign language, she's failing at it, but because David is such a good dude, He's like, oh no, you're doing fine. You're you're fine. And just his reaction to like her messing up and him kind of laughing, but knowing what she says, it's it's very endearing and, and very charming and very well done. Charles gets stuck in a room while Delaney sneaks uh Delaney's, excuse me, sneak away to consummate the marriage. <laughs> this is funny because again, it's The awkwardness of Hugh Grant's performance That Is so funny about it Because if you give this to somebody else It's probably going to be overacted And it's not going to come across as authentic But Hugh Grant somehow comes across Very authentic In his reaction to this And acting all awkward And not knowing what to do Because they don't know he's in the room And there's this one shot of him In the bathroom (laughs) Like on top of the sink trying to you know gun, go unnoticed and it's it's pretty daggone funny especially when they realize he's in the room it's it's funny um, Charles and Carrie go wedding dress shopping and go out to eat and to me I put these two scenes together because they they blend together The wedding dress scene is—it reminded me of the uh, the prom dress sequence in What Women Want, which is pretty funny. But and probably that was paying homage to this, just on two different levels, though, two very different levels. Um, Because in What Women Want, that's his daughter, and this, this is, you know, his uh, his wife, or not his wife, but the girl that he clearly wants to be with. And their chemistry between between Hugh Grant and uh, Andy McDowell is terrific in this movie. And it really captures it more so in this scene than any other scene in the movie. Their relationship isn't really fleshed out that much. Uh, 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 you know, it's mostly infatuation. You don't really get a sense that these characters really care for each other. But their chemistry is very good. And this goes into the scene where they go out to eat and she's talking about you know how many notches she has on her belt and compared to him and it's just it's very charming and it's it's sweet i like this scene a lot and again this adds to the the chemistry between the two characters because we never see them interact or get to know each other really that much again it's mostly infatuation between them but it's very charming um a less light note um less lighter note matthew's speech at Gareth's funeral this scene is it's very touching sweet and surprisingly a very moving scene uh it's it's it, it this movie is very light it's very light and mostly just heartwarming but this this scene really has some, probably the most emotion, in, in the, in the movie, and it's very well acted, and touching, and in many ways, more ways than one, you know, and I just really, really, really like this scene a lot, really like it a lot. Um. Next scene I have is Charles saying bugger (laughs) repeatedly in the room to himself, realizing Carrie is no longer married, which is something that happens in the movie. Um, It's just really funny, because we all have those moments when we we say to ourselves, you know, like, "ah crap, 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 we should have done this, you know, after he's clearly rushed into getting married after the, the, the funeral of Gareth, realizing that, you know, he feels as if his life is... You know, he's, he's got to go ahead and get married before it's too late, you know, if he were to die. And he decides to, to get married to, to the girl that he once was with, but he just, he never really loved her that way. And now he's realizing that he's messed up, he's rushed into it, and now he's at the funeral, or at the wedding, already regretting his decision. And it's just, it's really funny. Um... This kind of goes into Charles translating for David, and because during d- during this part, you know, Charles has already he's decided he's going to go ahead and get married, and David, seeing that his brother is about to make a mistake by getting married to someone who he's not supposed to be with, um, makes him translate the what he's saying uh, if through sign language and it's 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 a good brother move that was honestly horribly timed <laughs> horribly timed because charles ends up getting punched in the face which is funny because wouldn't she want to punch david in the face or both of them because it was david who calls the scene and charles who translated which he didn't really have to i don't know it. It's just funny, though. I, I really like it. And the last scene I'll have here for best scenes is Carrie and Charles kiss and get together slash the end credits. And I just really like this and enjoy it because I enjoy happy endings where we get to see everyone get their someone, especially in romantic comedies and and the like. Looking at you, friends, and how you did Joey. Why did he not end up with anybody? Poor guy. Anyway. I got to say, out of all these scenes, though, my favorite scene is Father uh, Gerald's failing first marriage ceremony. It's just so daggone funny and rewatchable. And when I think of this movie, I think of that scene. That's the scene that always comes to mind because of Rowan Atkinson's perfect uh, comedic chops in this scene. It's very, very well done. So that's getting favorite scene for me. Least favorite scenes and moments. So there's a thing that romantic comedies do that I, I hate is in this is someone who loves the genre. And it's anytime there's these group of friends and we're supposed to, you know see that they're friends, but we're not really given any real weight to why they're friends or anything like that. And it's this thing that they do where they show the characters laughing together and making fun of other people together. And this movie does this a lot. And any, it's to me, it's any and every scene where the camera cuts to people laughing and acting over the top. I absolutely hate it. I, I hate that trope. It happens too often in, in rom-coms. And I wish that they would just show bonding scenes versus, you know people laughing and cutting up and just I don't know it just it feels like the automated laugh tracks on sitcoms back in the day I just I, I don't like it I don't enjoy it um number two because this is I only have really two moments in this in this movie that I don't really like and this is the scene that I, I, I feel like it's unnecessary and that is the second time Charles and Carrie have sex um as a faithful man it's always bugged me to see people cheating in movies even if i know those characters are going to end up together or supposed to be together looking at you notebook um it just it rubs me the wrong way I and mean, I've, I've never really liked it especially considering we're supposed to be rooting for these people and cheating is supposed to be a bad thing and she cheats on her fiance with charles and i just don't like it don't like it it makes me not want to root for their relationship because she's cheating when you know we don't really know much about the guy she's she's getting married to aside from a couple of things that he's like significantly older than her but it just it rubbed me the wrong way and i I don't like it i don't like it um yeah so i gotta say i think you know any and every scene where the camera cuts at people laughing and acting over the top is more of a nitpick for me. But I feel like within the the movie itself, it's when Charlie and Carrie hook up the second time while she's engaged to this other man, and it's it just doesn't sit well with me. So that's gonna get my least favorite scene. All right. So best performance. Uh, th- this is this is. Pretty clear I'm going to give it to Hugh Grant um, He is terrific in this movie So much showed that it really It launched a career That gave us equally charming Performances in movies like Nine Months Nodding Hill And About a Boy like, Hugh Grant was really The guy, Him and I feel like him and Richard Gere Were both the, the guys For the, the rom-coms of this era And I feel like this is the movie that kind of established Hugh Grant as one of those guys and I I really like Hugh Grant and I'm gonna uh, give a shout out to a movie that just came out uh, this past January and I like it a lot it stars Matthew McConaughey Charlie Hunnam Colin Farrell uh, Henry Golding and it's called the gentleman Um, and the guy that I think steals the show in that movie is indeed Hugh Grant as Fletcher. Um, I'm giving a shout out to that movie because I feel like not enough people saw it. It's now out on Blu-ray, DVD, whatever you watch uh, decide to, to watch on whether it's physical media or you digitally download your movies, whichever you do. I highly recommend checking out uh, Hugh Grant in The Gentleman, and I think Hugh Grant gives a great performance in this movie, and again, it launched his career. So, I'm going to go with him for best performance. Moving on to, does this make sense? I, I really only have one thing, and that I kind of hinted at at, at at the top, and that is when Fiona admits her feelings for Charles and this is never brought up again, and it is kind of thrown away. She's the friend that has always loved him, and then kind of gets pushed aside. She admits her feelings at um, Carrie's uh, wedding, and instead of following up on that story thread or doing anything with it, they kind of just ignore it, and never go back to it again, and part of me wishes they were and that he ends up with her because i feel like that at the end would have been probably a healthier relationship because they were already friends beforehand but again that's just kind of me nitpicking a bit but in a sense it's not because they don't ever bring this up again and this is a big thread to me it's revealed and then never done anything they never really do anything with it So I I wish that they would have done something with it. So obviously that's the only thing I got. So that's what it gets the award. All right, moving on to MVP of the movie. And I'm going to go with Richard Curtis for this. Um, He's the writer. And I love the writing of this movie. And I believe it's that very reason why this movie feels so charming. In fact, Richard Curtis, again, he received an Academy Award nomination for this movie and deservedly so. And he would go on to write movies like Notting Hill, Bridget Jones, Love Actually, Pirate Radio. And one of the, my favorite films that we'll be talking about very soon. That's very special to me called about time. Uh, but yeah, Richard Curtis is a tremendous writer and I, I really, really, really like the writing in this movie. Um, I wish it would have been a little bit more in depth for the characters, but this movie isn't necessarily. You know, I keep saying that, but this movie isn't necessarily about that. It's a rom com, you know. And he fleshes out the characters enough in the writing and gives them to the right actors, and those characters or those actors bring these characters to life. And he he did an absolutely wonderful job with the writing. But at the end of the day, why would I recommend this movie? Again, this movie is its charming, it's witty, it's light, it's a good comfort watch, and at the end of the day, you know, this is a type of movie, it's a rom-com, and the reason I watch rom-coms is to kind of get away from heav- the heaviness of the world, and I feel like this movie is a really good escape from that, and... I feel like if you're a, a, a fan of the rom-com genre, like I am, um, then I think you'll enjoy this movie, and I think you'll have a pretty good time with it. I really do. But that is it for this week's show. We'll be back next week with a cult classic, Snatch. Until then, be sure to hit that subscribe button, and while you're at it, leave us a review. It helps us out a great deal. You can also follow me over at Instagram at ben Davis movie Podcast, where I post reviews for newer releases i know that's kind of you know difficult in the era that we live in with covid and movie theaters being open in some states and not others but anyways i'll try to i'll I'll try to keep up with that as as best as possible but anyways till next time guys stay classy